Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to Prayer International Radio. I am your co-host, Sean Holmberg, along with Christopher Herzog, who will be joining us in about an hour from now. Um, I wanted to welcome all of you to the show. Um, I've actually been taking a break the last couple of days to um, take care of some family things that we have going on. So it's sort of good to get back on the air, um, get back in the swing of things, which is actually, you would think it's easy, but it's really not. Um, when you do this every night of the week, you get out of the flow of actually um, doing it every night. It just makes it sort of difficult to get back on. Um, but um, God's gracious, and um, and me and Chris completely live on his grace and completely strive to live in his will at all times. Um, we've had some pretty interesting talks the last um, couple of days about the broadcast and our lives and um, different things that have been going on. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> both of us um, have, we, our lives run pretty similar to each other as far as we have always um, walked in the blessings of the Lord and walked completely trusting him for everything. And um, we see the same trials, the same struggles. Um, we have the same attacks from the enemy, um, even though they're not the same. They usually happen pretty much at the same time. And, you know, recently, um, something the Lord's been showing both of us um, is um, how the Lord has been refining our characters or exposing things in our lives that need to be conformed um, into his will. Because, you know, we all have those things. We all have um, different areas in our lives that the Lord works on. And, you know, he doesn't start off in the beginning of your Christian walk um, demanding that you're perfect. He actually never demands that you're perfect. He just demands that you love him and that you're obedient to his voice and that you trust him. Um, but over time... As you grow up and you mature in the Lord, there always comes times where the Lord will ask and sort of lead you into an area of dedicating more and more of yourself to him. And, you know, it seems like recently that's the process me and Chris have been going through. And it's, you know, it's funny, it's, it's through the trials um, that we go through, it's through the attacks of the enemy that we really learn where our character stands with the Lord. And we learn what we're really made out of and where your trust is really at, whether it's in yourself or it's whether it's with God. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, if you haven't read the story, um, in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three kids who worked with Daniel in the um, kingdom of Babylon. I believe it was Babylon. I could be wrong about that. But anyway, so um, King Nebuchadnezzar builds, or I mean, the king builds this like golden whatever statue and he demands that everybody in the kingdom bow down and worship it. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we're not going to worship your statue. And so the king said, um, well, since you're not going to worship it, I'll toss you into the, into this like um, furnace, this fiery furnace and if you don't um, bow down and worship this um, statue of me. And, you know, they said, you know, our God is able to deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we still will not bow down to serve you. But, you know, the funny thing is um, they didn't have much of a chance to stop and contemplate it. 
they didn't really have a chance at that moment when they're in the midst of this trial they're going through where their faith is really put to the test. They didn't have really have a whole great deal of time to stop to get together and contemplate what they really were believing in. It was pretty much they had to make their decision right then. And, you know, when you're in a trial, um, sometimes what the Lord does is, he, is through the trials that we go through, which are never I'm not or are not always caused just because the Lord wants to put you in a trial, but sometimes the Lord allows you to go through certain trials so that there's a certain part of your character that can be developed through the trial and through trusting him and watching him lead you out of the wilderness, you learn to trust in him more um, in the future. And, you know, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were like that. They get thrown into the fiery furnace and they're in this trial. And, you know, through their faith and their active obedience and trust in the Lord, um, his glory came and um, they were delivered. And, you know, an amazing testimony for them to tell later on. But, you know, we all have those testimonies in our lives where we've all had things um, where we really needed the Lord come through for something, um, whether it's for someone's healing or some financial emergency or, you know, whatever it is. And it's through those things and through the, the walk that we have with the Lord where we really begin to start trusting him and we learn the areas in our lives that maybe aren't completely perfect or that we don't feel are perfect in areas that we can always work in. And, you know, we always have those. Everybody does. Um, and me and Chris have been going through a lot of trials lately. Um, and, you know, some some of the trials are just normal trials. Some of them are there to um, help develop our walk with him. And, you know, some of them are just attacks from the enemy. Um, but, you know, it really, in the long run, it really doesn't matter where the trial comes from or what the purpose of it is. Because the end result is still trusting in the Lord for everything and laying your life down before him and declaring that you don't belong to yourself anymore, but that you belong to him and that um, you're going to trust him no matter what happens in your life and trust him for everything, not just for the things that are easy and simple, not for just the days when everything is good and wonderful. Um, Because it's easy to trust the Lord when everything's wonderful. It's it really is, um, and but it's a lot harder to trust him when it comes to the point that you actually need to, because that's when there's um, you really find out if there's a difference between what you claim you believe and what you really believe. Um, so you know, just keep me and Chris in your prayers because we both have um, completely different lives, but we still both struggle, um, you know, the same way everybody else does financially, spiritually, emotionally, um, whatever. Um, so, um, that being said, um, where are we going tonight? Um, okay. <sighs> Holy Spirit, this is all yours. Every minute of this broadcast belongs to you. Me and Chris merely just sit here and are your vessels and your tools and all the members of the chat room, all the men and women of God who you've drawn to this broadcast, Father, for your purposes alone. So, Father, we rest upon your sovereignty. Father, we rest upon your grace and your goodness and your mercy, Lord. And we declare that you are Lord over our lives, Father, um, that you are King, Jesus and we give this broadcast completely into your hands, Father. 
asking that your will would be done tonight. Father, let your will be done in this broadcast. Father, show... <laughs> Sorry, my cat just knocked off my speakers. Bad cat. Anyway, Father, <sighs> Jesus be glorified tonight. Jesus be glorified. Reveal yourself to us, Lord, through your word, Father, through the worship, through the word, Jesus. Show yourself to us tonight. Holy Spirit, we desire to see Jesus. We desire to know Jesus, Father. We desire to be intimate with you, Lord, and we desire to walk with you, Father. From glory to glory, you said that we are being transformed into your image, Father. And we desire to lead lives that are obedient to you, Father, knowing that at the end of our obedience is a blessing, Father. If Even that blessing alone is just a greater measure of your grace in our life, Father, and a greater intimacy with you, Father. David said in the Psalms that you have become our exceeding great reward, Father. So, Lord, we know every minute of this life, Father, is just leading up to the next one, Lord, where we will spend eternity with you, Father, worshiping you at your feet. So, Father, we desire to live to live lives like that even now, Father, where our lives can be dedicated to worshiping you, Father, to serving you, Lord. Father, not that we would be served, Lord, and not that we would be exalted in any way, Father, but that all the praise, the glory, and the honor would go to Jesus Christ, for he alone deserves all the praise, glory, and honor, Father. Thank you, Jesus. So our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, give us a call. Um, so interesting story. Um, we're gonna have to pray in a little bit, um, for some people. I don't really know their names and I'll get with that or explain that. Um, so I'm at work yesterday. I believe it was yesterday and, um, I do, um, computer work and, um, I have a lot of clients. I mean, the company I work for, um, you could sort of consider me like help desk support in a way. Um, but so I have a lot um a lot of people who I'm in contact with daily and um my day yesterday morning started off like this. Um man comes to my desk and I'm don't really pay any attention that much to him because I'm more interested in doing my job. And all of a sudden while I'm standing there I notice that this man has tumors covering almost his entire face in the back of his neck. And he doesn't say anything. He doesn't he acts completely normal, which he would. And I mean no shame, not trying to hide his face or anything, but once you notice it, it was pretty apparent. And I wanted to pray for him right then, but being at work, it's not um you have to know there's a time and a place for everything. Sometimes your prayers can be um, with someone, and sometimes they have to be for someone. You know, sometimes you can't always approach someone and pray for them, and sometimes you have to wait, and you always have to trust the Lord for his timing on everything, which is the amazing thing about this broadcast, is that there's always going to be people that we run into that we don't have the ability to pray for. And um, at that moment, 
but later on, um, every night we're available to join with you in prayer, um, knowing that the Lord hears our prayers and knowing that he answers prayers. We've seen it over and over again in these broadcasts. And seen, I mean, we've had some amazing um, prayer reports about people who called in to get prayer, and it's never about me and Chris. It's always about the power of the Holy Spirit. It's always about the Word of God and the blood of Jesus and a body of believers who are praying and agreeing and trusting God to fulfill His Word um, for complete strangers, which is the great thing about this broadcast, is the one thing that we believe that the church is really lacking is intercession. Um, and, you know, a lot of times you have intercession within a specific body, but here we are interceding for the nations because we are the nations. Um, the members who make up this broadcast, um, come from every corner of the earth. Um, something that me and Chris would have never envisioned, um, even that block, something like blog talk radio existed where you can get online and, um, immediately be connected with people on every continent. So, um, anyway, so back to the story. Um, the first guy's name is Marshall. I believe is Marshall, so we'll call him Marshall. And um, so I didn't really get a chance to pray with him because we were um, at my job. And um, so we need to pray for him that the Lord will um, heal him. And then that bothered me all day that I really didn't have an opportunity to pray for him and I couldn't pull him aside or anything like that. Um, but it stuck in my heart that there is this man there going about his daily life and suffering um, because the way the tumors were on his face and on his body, you could tell even like one of his ears was almost completely consumed with these tumors and you could just tell that there had to be some effect, even though he didn't act like it. Um, but I know that the Lord can deliver him and the Lord can heal him completely, that he could wake up tomorrow morning and all the tumors be gone. Um, the Lord can do that easily, and he does it all the time. Then later on during the day, um, I got someone called me because um, there was this one lady who was friends with um, my boss and this lady, um, and hopefully I remember her name, but, um, she actually has, was diagnosed with stage four cancer, um, of her spine. And, um, when I talked to one of my supervisors who's friends with this lady, he said that she wasn't even supposed to be alive now, that it was something where the doctors had claimed that she would not make it anywhere near this long. And the doctors had been saying that for years, but the lady's still here, um, which we can only assume is because the Lord still has a plan for her life. Because um, the Bible says that every man is appointed once to die and after that the judgment, which um, pretty much comes down to that um, if it's not your time, it's going to be really hard for someone to kill you. Because the Lord can protect you And you know the Lord is patient And long suffering with people um, Not willing that any should perish so That all should come to repentance And so this lady um, Wasn't supposed to come into the office at all Because of her condition And because of the cancer It had spread throughout most of her body That her foot actually collapsed recently And she had to have a surgery to rebuild her foot And so I start off the morning With this one guy Um who needs prayer for tumors 
And then I'm confronted at the end of the day with a lady who is far past her um, supposed um, time to be alive, according to the doctors, who's um, hanging on solely by hope. And um, who has, I mean, literally stage four cancer, which is pretty bad. Me and Chris both lost one of our friends last year um, to cancer, and it happened a lot quicker than that. Um, but he was a firm believer, an amazing worship leader, and he knew the day that he was going. Um, he had actually had his friends all sitting around worshiping and spending time in worship when he left, and he knew it was time. And um, But this lady, I'm assuming she's just waiting, and um, whether she's a believer or not, I have no idea. Um because, once again, I didn't really have a chance at work to actually stop and talk to her, so hopefully I will. Um, so we need to pray for her, too. And I don't remember her name. I actually wrote both their names down on a piece of paper. So let's just say we'll call her Janice, because even though that's probably not her name, we're going to call her Janice anyway. So Janice and Marshall um, need to be healed. And, you know, this day I had yesterday, um, it was interesting because... You know, halfway through the day, I'm walking I'm walking through my building, and I'm noticing these people who need to be healed. And all of a sudden, it's like, why am I even here? Why am I even here working um, when I could be out praying for people, when I could be out in the streets praying for people? And the Lord stopped me right there, and he showed me that if I hadn't been there at that job, at that particular time, in the place the Lord had me, then I would have never encountered Marshall or Janice. I would have never had the opportunity to even meet them, never had the opportunity to pray for them, never had the opportunity to see God work a miracle through them. And, you know, the Lord has you where he has you for a reason. You know, um, whether it's Australia or the United States or Germany or Russia, and which, by the way, let me just point this out. I'm really um, believing and waiting for um, our Russia um, intercessors to start joining the broadcast because I know they're out there. Um, so I'm just going to put that out there. Um, but, you know, um, I think a lot of times we get so caught up with the things that are going on in our own heads that we don't always notice what's actually around us. We're so busy thinking about a mission field that we don't always realize when we're in one. And, you know, it's something I found out yesterday that um, I can't even walk from one end of my, my building at work to another without finding someone who needs prayer and intercession. And, you know, whether or not the people are believers is irrelevant because the same blood of Jesus applies to everybody. Um, salvation is a free gift It's just a matter of people accepting it But what you'll notice in the Bible Is that not everybody who Jesus healed Was a believer Not everybody was one of his followers Even the man who was sitting by the pool of the Seda Waiting for an angel to come and stir up the water So he can get in um, The man had never heard of Jesus Ever He wasn't um, saved He wasn't a Christian He was just a man who was in need and, you know, the Lord Jesus was moved with compassion, walked up to him and said, do you want to be made well? And the man said, I have no one to put me in the water. And when I'm, 
wanting to get in, someone else gets in before me. And so pretty much I'm still here waiting. And, you know, the Lord knew he'd be in that condition a long time. And he said, rise and take your bed and walk. And the man um, got up, took his bed and went home because the Lord healed him. Um, you know, the same thing with Peter walking by. And there's a man sitting by the temple um, begging for alms. And he's just asking for money, not necessarily a believer, doesn't know Jesus, and didn't know who Peter was. And Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And what, you notice, what you'll notice about both these, about Jesus and Peter, is they didn't really sit there and stop to try to give the person a theological debate or to stop and try to figure out what their opinion was on evolution or anything in particular. All they knew is they had a gift of God residing inside of them that was the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that they had something tangible that they had the ability to give to someone in need. You know, Jesus said he who sees his brother in need um, should give him what he has. And, you know, if he asks for if he asks for your shirt, you give him your cloak too. Um, I think it's something like that. Um and, you know, money and gold are not the only things we have to give people. You know, we have something greater that the Lord has given us and entrusted us to give out, which is the knowledge of the truth, um, the knowledge that, you know, the Father does heal, the Father does deliver, the Father does save, the Father still does miracles even today. For those who are willing to trust in him and to stand in faith, believing him at his word, and going out and proclaiming the gospel to the world. And so, you know, whether or not someone's saved shouldn't really be the deciding factor on whether you're willing to walk up and pray for them. Um, it should really just be, okay, well, you know, I know that the Bible says that if I lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. So let me go lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. And if for any reason I can't lay hands on the sick and watch them recover for whatever the situation is, then I can go into my prayer room and or go with in the midst of believers and intercede for them. Because Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. And he said, whatever you pray believing, you shall have the things which you ask. He said, if you any two, two, two or more of you are gathered in my name, then I am there in the midst. So either way you go about it, whether you pray, pray for someone to get healed while you're standing in front of them laying hands on them or, where you're, or whether you're in your prayer closet um, lifting up your voice to the heavens asking for the Lord to fulfill his word in their lives, it really makes no difference because, you know, the Father's presence is here in my office. It's in your living room. It's in your kitchen right now. Um, his presence is out there on the street. His presence is in the hospital rooms. Um, and so wherever the Lord needs to be, he's already there. And so, you know, faith comes in knowing that our prayers are not limited by time or space or any such thing as that. Our prayers are only limited by our ability to believe that the Lord will actually answer our prayers. And if you don't believe that the Lord is going to answer your prayers, then what you need to do is go through your own life and see how many times he already has. And then trust that he's a God who does not change. And then turn around and go through the Bible and read all the times that the Lord has answered prayers and all the times that the Lord has delivered people and all the times the Lord has healed people and all the times the Lord has cast demons out of people and all the times that the Lord has raised people from the dead. 
even from the Old Testament to the New. For he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he changes not. You know, heaven and earth will pass away, but he'll stay the same. He remains unchangeable, unmovable, unshakable. He remains eternally God. Despite the whims of man and the fleeting emotions of us humans, he remains God. He remains unchanging. His word remains steadfast and permanent. And his blessings and his promises remain there and true and reserved for those who are willing to seek him out, to find out what his word declares over a situation and then act upon that word, despite what the situation may itself tell you. So that being said, if you need prayer for something, give us a call tonight. Our number is 619-638-8458. So um, anyway, um, so I'm going to pray real fast, if you don't mind. Um, because I've been wanting to pray for these two for um, a couple of days now. Um, and we actually have one person in our chat in our um, on the line, which we will get to in just a second. Um, so um, I'm still getting back into the swing of um, the broadcast since I've been away for um, four days. So here we go. <sighs> Father, Lord, your word declares that by your stripes we are healed. So, Father, we choose tonight, Lord, as your body, Father, as the temple of your Holy Spirit, Father. Your word said, Jesus, that if even two of us are gathered together in your name, that you're there in the midst of us. Jesus, you said if we would ask anything in, in your name, you would do it. Your word declares that if we know you hear us, we know we have the petitions we ask. Father, you said we could speak to the mountain and command it be removed, and it would be. So, Father, we all come in agreement right now for Marshall, Lord. Father, asking for your hand to touch him right now, wherever he's at, Lord. Father, that by your grace, by your mercy, Father, by your blood, Jesus, you would remove every ounce of cancer from him, every tumor, Father, to fall away right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, Father, the anointing of your Holy Spirit would touch him right now, Jesus, that you would burn away every disease, Father, every affliction in the name of Jesus. Father, that he would be able to breathe clean again, Father. Lord, every infirmity gone in the name of Jesus Christ, falling away right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, Jesus. And I ask that you would open his heart, Father, to you. Father, show him your goodness, Lord. Father, show him your mercy and show him your love for him. Father, and for Janice and Lord, you know, I don't remember her name. I wrote it down, but I didn't bring it. And I can't find it. You know, I've looked for it. But you know who she is, Jesus. 
And wherever she is right now, Father, I know you see her. Father, and I know that she has gone to as many doctors as possible, like the woman with an issue of blood, Father. So, Father, we come to you, Lord, boldly to the throne of grace. Father, asking that you would burn out every bit of the cancer out of her body, Father. Every bone, Father, every muscle, Father, every limb, completely and totally restored right now. Father, remove it all in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, remove every bit of the cancer right now in the name of Jesus, Father. Take it all away right now, Father. Restore every bone, Father. Restore every organ in the name of Jesus, Father. Holy Spirit, right now, touch her. Even right now where she's sitting, Father, touch her with your presence. Father, completely consume her with your presence, Father, with your fire, with your love for her. Transform her, Father, for your glory, Jesus. So we're going to take a break really fast, um, and then we will be right back.
So, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. And let's see where we're going to go with this. How much time do we have left tonight? We still have only 20 minutes left. So, Father, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? Hmm. Okay. I could be wrong about this. So um you know, the story about Mary and Martha and the lives of Jesus was interesting. Um and I think Chris may have mentioned this the other night. The so um I may be touching on something he's already talked about a little bit. Um you know, there was the story about how um Martha was serving and she got upset at Mary, who was just sitting at the feet of Jesus not doing anything but worshiping him and she's busy trying to get everything done. You know, the Bible says those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. You know, it's funny. The funny thing about eagles is, um, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but the way that eagles learn how to fly, I don't even know why I'm going in this direction. So... um, but, you know, what happens is an eagle, when it has young children, um, the children will be perched in the egg, and the mother eagle will come, and it will knock the baby eagles out of the nest. And the eagles will start falling to the ground. And what will happen is the mother eagle will swoop down underneath them, and the baby eagle will grab on um, to the underside um, to, of the mother. Um under her wings and for safety and it'll do this over over and over again and through this process is how they learn to fly um it's how they learn to trust and their ability to fly and it's how they actually develop a trust for their, their mother knowing that um, she's always going to be there to catch them and at the same time, it also strengthens their talents because their talents is what they use to hold on, to grasp on to their mother, which is a symbol of their, um, in a way, it's a symbol of their character um, and their ability to stick with something and to not let go. And, you know, um, when it's, you know, how do I go about this? You know, when it says those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. You know, sometimes waiting isn't just sitting there in quiet. Sometimes waiting is also a period of actually getting the Lord's viewpoint on things. 
And I've noticed over the last month through various different situations where I thought one thing, but the Lord thought something completely different, where I was completely clueless and he knew all the details. And, you know, the difference between an eagle and any other bird is the fact that when a storm comes, most birds will go and hide. What an eagle does is it'll climb to the top of a mountain, to the cleft of a rock, and it'll watch the storm coming. And then when the storm comes, it'll start soaring high above the storm. It'll actually circle above the storm, which will be below it. And, you know, in our own lives, when we wait upon the Lord and we get his perspective on things, we can see some of the storms coming. We can see the path that we're supposed to take. And, you know, there's a lot of times where you can feel like you have absolutely no clue which direction you need to go or what you need to do, and it feels like the whole world is falling down around you. And, you know, it's those times where you don't need to do anything but rest and wait upon him to see what he will answer you, to see what he's going to say to you, to see what direction he wants you to go in. Um, because, you know, it's a, he said that um, my thoughts are your, not, not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. Um, but, you know, we, we see our situation so dimly at times. We see immediate pressing things and we get anxious even though the Bible says to be anxious for nothing. And Jesus tried to tell us over and over again not to worry, because by worrying we can't add one cubit to our statue. Our stature, but even though he said that, we still worry, which shows a little bit of how little we trust him or believe him in what he said, or we just haven't completely come to the complete fullness of the knowledge of understanding the place of rest in him. Um, the Bible says there's a place of rest. And him, he said, "Take my yoke upon you and learn from me." And you know, it's because you know Jesus always spent time with the Father before he got out before the masses, because he could get the perspective of the Father. He said, "I don't do anything unless I hear. I don't say anything unless I hear it first from the Father." And you know, when we wait upon him, when we rest in his presence, and we wait for him to say something to us. It changes the dynamic of our perspective on the situation that's going on because we're no longer operating in the limited realm of our own senses and viewpoint and our own ability to judge and discern the situation around us. But we've taken a um, heavenly approach, as you will, and has, have received um, supernatural insight and supernatural discernment to the situation at hand. Um but it only comes from um, waiting upon him and resting in him and coming to the place of leaving everything aside, leaving all the worries aside and leaving all the struggles aside and coming to him to figure out what his word declares about the situation and hear what his voice says about the situation you're going through. Because, you know, a lot of times we can judge the situation one way, but, you know, the Lord doesn't judge by appearance. He judges by righteous judgment. He sees people's hearts, and he knows the thoughts and intents of people's hearts. And, you know, sometimes you can be struggling with a friend or with a spouse, and you have absolutely no clue what you're going to do or what's going on. Um, and you, for example, may think it's just another person that's causing the issue, but what you may not realize is it may be a supernatural um 
battle that's actually happening around you that you just can't see, and you're f- trying to like swing and fight against flesh and blood. But what you really need to be doing is warring against the principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age, which Ephesians says is who our battle is against. But you won't be able to see those things, and you won't be able to um, understand those battles that you're having if you're not spending time with the Lord, because it's only when you're spending time with him that your eyesight is actually opened um, that the things that are really going on around you are really revealed. And you start getting that new perspective that only comes from placing your mind up um, on spiritual things and heavenly things where Christ is. Um, where it says we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Um, so that being said, um, looks like everybody lost sound, but I'm glad it's back again. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, The spiritual battles and the physical battles really don't look that much different in the long run. They're just battles that we go through. But every battle is one in the same place, which is the place when we're on our knees before the Father. And it doesn't matter which battle it is. It always starts and ends when we place ourselves at his feet. Um, declaring that we don't belong to ourselves, but that we belong to him. Declaring that we're walking inside of his grace and mercy. Declaring that we're covered with the blood of Jesus. Declaring that we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. Declaring that neither um, angels nor principalities can separate us from the love of God. Declaring that Jesus' word said that he knows those who are, that he knows those who are his and that the enemy cannot snatch them away. Declaring that he has at once perfected those who are being sanctified. Declaring that we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and hope and rejoice in the glory of God. And declaring that we are like Christ and we are children of the living God. It's called sons and daughters of the living God. You know, declaring that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and declaring that we're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Declaring that we are blessed coming in and going out. Declaring that he is faithful in all things, that he's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Declaring that he's Jehovah Rophe, our healer. Declaring that he is our banner, declaring that he is our strength. Declaring that he is our righteousness Declaring that he is our salvation You know we were talking the other night About walking in grace And what that really means And the walk of faith And what that really means And it means of coming To a place In your life Where you really come to the Understanding that you do not Belong to yourself any longer That your old man is dead and that you are living in the newness of life consider a new creation that you were purchased with a price 
and that you're not your own, that we're slaves to righteousness, that we have been adopted and translated into the kingdom of the Father. And though everything else around you may seem like it hasn't changed, it really has. The only thing that hasn't been completely changed is your perspective. Because that's the only thing that needs to change is your perspective on who you are. Because your situation will always look the same. But the real difference is what side of the equation are you standing on? Are you standing on the side that trusts in the world and what the world would like to tell you? Or as far as who you are, because the world will always declare that you're it, that you belong to it. Um, or are you standing on the side that trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, um, James talked about a man who looks in a mirror and recognizes himself and then immediately goes away and forgets what kind of man he was. And, you know, in our own lives, we, we sometimes do that. Um, we spend time with him. And we spend time in church, and we spend time in his word, and we spend time around other believers looking into a mirror of the glory of God, seeing the Lord Jesus Christ, seeing him in all his fullness. And then we walk away at times, um, walking away from this mirror and this reflection of the glory of God, only to forget what kind of men we really are. So that we've got to turn around and come back into his presence so that he can remind us who we are and remind us where we stand. Because whether you feel like it or not, you're still seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not because you felt like you were and not just because you decided you were, but because the word of God declared it. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Whether or not you actually feel righteous is completely um, irrelevant. To the truth Because the Bible declares that you're the righteousness Of God in Christ Jesus And So anyway um, We have a caller on the line So let's go to our caller Welcome to Prayer International Hello? Radio Hi Hello Yes Is it me? Yes Yeah hi uh, Good morning uh, Good I'm morning. coming from Singapore Wow Yes. How are you? Uh, How are you I would you like doing? to have Hello? Yes, I'm here. Yeah. I would like to have prayer uh for my situation. Okay. Yeah. What's going on? But it's a little bit complicated and um I can't say it over the air. Okay, well let me um put some music on and then I will be right with you, okay? Okay. Okay, Ajin, we're going to take a break real fast, and we will be while well, I talk to our um, our caller, and then we will be right back. If I can find a song to play.
sorry to cut the um, song short, folks. We'll get back to it in just a second. Um, we have a um, caller on the line who is not going to be on air. Her name's Ophelia from Singapore. Um, and I um, can't go into the whole story um, with you, um, but she needs prayer. Um, she needs uh, the Lord to find a way for her to make it out of the country um, and for the Lord to provide um, divine um, appointments, divine connections, um, men and women of God, um, intercessors who can hear the voice of God, who can um, find her where she's at and um, provide a means for her for safety. Um, and, you know, that's the heart of this broadcast is for the men and women of God out there who are seeking him. Because, you know, something about about God is that if he knows where you're at, he knows where everybody else is at too. And if you have a need somewhere, or and if you're somewhere and you have a need, the Lord will have someone else around you who can provide that need. And um, millions and millions of men and women across this world who can hear the voice of God and respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit um, to do something, to go here, to do this, to listen to this voice that says, well, why don't you go over here and do this? And, you know, why don't you stop and do this real fast? Or maybe you need a cup of coffee even though you never drink coffee. That just happens to put you in a coffee shop at the precise moment you need to meet someone who needs a ride or and needs to get saved or whatever else. But, you know, that's the thing about prayer is that when we intercede over here, we make a change and we make a difference on the other side of the world, whether you realize it or not. And your voices carry straight from your bedroom or your prayer room or your living room. Your voices carry straight from there all the way to the throne room of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who hears your prayers and answers and sends host of angels to answer prayers and and sends um, the word of God to men and women on the other side of the world who can answer those prayers. Um, and so um, I just wanted to say that, um, that, you know, this isn't like um, a big, huge world in the spiritual realm. It's really close um, because we are literally sitting in the throne room of heaven. Um, it says we're seated with him in heavenly places. And, you know, um, the Bible says, where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your presence? Well, it's true. Um, and so, you know, a, a missionary once said that when he prayed, um, the nations of the earth shake. And, you know, it may sound prideful, but it's true. When we pray, there is an effect that happens. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. And if you don't think you're righteous, then it means you need to take a minute, go back to your Bible, and realize that Jesus said you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that isn't based on your opinion, and it's not based on your feeling or what your mood is for the day. You are, as long as you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and then you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when it says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much, that means you. And every single person who's listening to the sound of my voice, and you know the one thing the enemy loves to do is to let the children is um to try to um get the children of God to believe that they have no say and they have no authority and they have no power, but in reality, you have all the power 
because you have been named ambassadors to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when you speak upon this earth, it's as if he was speaking. You know, and, you know, if you know his will and you know what his word is, and don't be afraid to boldly proclaim it. Don't be afraid to stand upon the promises of God. And don't be afraid to proclaim the words of God when you pray. And to stand before the Father, agreeing with him upon his own word, and to speak out into life the words of the Father. You know, the Bible says that our words are living. Um, and it says the word of God is, sharp, is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And, you know, when you speak that word, you cause a chain reaction in the spiritual realm. You cause um, something to be created, which through your faith, um, you're actually helping the Father carry, about, carry out his word in this earth. Um, and so we're going to... Um, Put that song back on It's probably going to start over So I apologize about that um, Sort of um, But I just wanted to say um, We're going to be gone for just a minute um, Interceding for this person And so y'all keep interceding um, Because I know that you know Singapore for us um, Who are in the United States Is the other side of the world But in reality we're both um, Standing before the same father and um, so we're not really that far apart. Um, so anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. And we will be back in just a second.
good he is where you're at. Just lift it up. Thank you, God. We celebrate you tonight. Praise God. We're back. This is Prayer International Radio, and my name is Chris Herzog. It is 11.23 Central Time. We're broadcasting out of Dallas, Texas. And I know we've had quite a bit of music going for a little while. Uh, we had uh, a sister named Ophelia call in from Singapore needing some prayer. I uh, just want to encourage you guys to pray for her. Uh, she needs to get out of Singapore, so you guys pray for Ophelia. All right, uh, enough said about that. Hey, uh, let's do this. Let's uh, go into a time of prayer, and we'll just see what the Lord has. Uh, we're probably going to do a lot of worship and prayer tonight, maybe get into Nehemiah chapter 2, and we'll just see kind of where we go from there. So praise God. All right, well, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And, Father, I just ask your blessings upon every person that's in the chat room tonight, Lord, we've got Cirrus, Exit Babylon, guest, uh, 19190, and Rosemary for Jesus, looks like we've got Anthony, a few people listening tonight on the phone, and quite a few people listening in, so, uh, anyways, praise God. Guess we'll into uh we'll get into this. Uh somebody wants to know if we serve the NIV Jesus or the true Jesus. Uh so I don't know really what that question is, but we just serve the Jesus of the Bible. 
So God bless you and uh, have a blessed night. Uh, we'll pray for you. Exit Babylon. Everybody pray for Exit Babylon. And, uh, yeah, you know, the true Jesus, it doesn't matter if it's King James, NIV, Hebrew, Greek, you know, because, listen, you can read it all you want to, but if it doesn't point you to an encounter with Christ, if you don't have the spirit of the word and you just have the letter of the word, then it it does you no good. If your foundation isn't the spirit of Christ, and Paul put it this way, he said it was dung, D-U-N-G, dung. At least that's King James English. I don't know which one you read. But uh, praise God. So this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and uh, I'll be picking up this part of the broadcast. And we are going to get into some prayer here. Uh, just, I just had to respond. Sometimes, you know, people like to put some funny things in our chat room, and I just love it when they do. You know, it just gets us going, gets things stirred up a little bit. Praise God. If you want to call in, we're at 619-638-8458. Website is www.prayerinternational.org. And you've heard the uh, caller number a few times. Prayerinternational at gmail.com is the uh, email. So glory to God. Well, I hope everyone's doing good tonight. I hope your Friday, if it's Friday where you're at, I know we've got people in Australia, Canada, Singapore listening, India, and so it may not be Friday where you're at, but whatever day it is, we pray that it's blessed and that you're resting in the presence of the Lord, that you're taking time to enjoy his goodness, enjoy his glory. So let's pray. Father, we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, Lord. And Lord, it's yours already. We just acknowledge it and we just Thank you that you are God in heaven. And Father, we ask your blessings upon every man, every woman, every child, every teenager tonight, wherever they're listening all over the globe, Father, that you would move them by your spirit, that you'd reveal yourself to them in a real and living way, Lord. Father, they're hungry and they're thirsty. And you said the hungry and thirsty would be filled. Father, they're diligently seeking they're diligently pressing in to the things of God. Lord, you said if we draw near to you, you would draw near to us. And Father, these men and women are calling, they're pressing, they're reaching out. So, Father, answer them. Reveal yourself to them and raise up the standard against every enemy in their lives. Lord, we just give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, Lord. Just let our lives be lives of worship, lives of prayer, lives that are poured out as an offering unto you. That we can pour ourselves out before you, Lord, and just give ourselves to you. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Not our will, not our plan, not our purposes. But your counsels and your purposes, let them stand and let them come to pass in our lives. Every word you've spoken, Father, let it, let it accomplish what it was purposed to do. Father, you'll finish everything you start in your people. And we pray that your people would finish strong, Lord. Touch them in their minds, touch them in their bodies, touch them in their spirits tonight. 
Let them feel your glory, feel your touch. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right, look, I'm going to go into the screening room for a minute and find out what's going on in there. I, uh, I'm going to do this. We're going to go into a short time of worship that we are going to get into the Word tonight. I believe we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 2. We read Nehemiah 1 last night and kind of trailed off on some other things after that. Tonight we're going to do Nehemiah 2. Right now we're going to break into some worship so I can check the screening room. And if you want to email or get into the chat room, check out the homepage. They'll give you instructions on how to enter into the chat room. Praise God. God is so good. He's just such a good God. Just love him.
Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say
and I went to the fountain gate, into the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall, and I turned back and entered by the valley gate. And so many times, and the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, and the officials, or the others who did the work. Then I said to them, You see the distress that we are in? How Jerusalem lies in waste and its gates are burning with fire. Come and let it build the wall of Jerusalem so that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, also of the king's words that had been spoken to me. So they said, Let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to do this good work. They set their hands to do this good work. But when Sandal the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So I answered them and said, The good God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore we will his servants arise and build but you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. All right, so chapter 2, really, let me just kind of share a little bit about the perspective. But here, Nehemiah gets decision from God through prayer to rebuild the wall. And the first thing he does is he goes out to the people of influence, to the people he can gather that are going to make a difference. Is he a good leader knows how to go forward and affect the people that are going to influence the others. So he didn't go out to every single individual, but he went out to the governors of the town and told them, hey, let the people know. He went out to the keeper of the forest, the one that had all the supplies, the one that had all the provisions. And he let him know. He went to the king, King Alexander, He went to the king. And the king Alexis He they also sent a decree out to the leaders of each family, those that took their place to build their little portion in front of their homes, in front of their cities. See, what this is, is it was Nehemiah being the intercessor over Jerusalem and gathering the people to rebuild the wasted places, to rebuild the ruined things in their lives. And just like God wants you to rebuild and regather and raise out from the the ruined situations and circumstances of your life, he's going to bring the right people. He's going to bring the people of influence. He's going to be, bring the people that, just like these keepers of the forest, have the provisions. He's going to send the ones that are the governors and the business owners and the, the people that will get the job done. So God is not slack concerning his promise. If you'll begin to pray and set your heart towards him, he'll lead you in the right direction, lead you to the right people to help carry that out. So you can't separate good leadership from a clear vision. 
you've got to feel that burden and that need in the place of prayer if you're going to get the vision from the Lord. You've got to take responsibility. And if you're going to be a good leader, you're going to learn how to empower others to do the work. Empower them to do the work. Raise them up to a standard. Raise them up to a place to get the job done. Help them develop in their own gifting. And just like Nehemiah, he developed the governors and the the, the, the forest keepers in, in each place on their place, each person on their place on the wall. They developed where they were at to build for God, to raise up the ruins of the wall and turn it into a fortified city. You see, it's all about timing. See, Nehemiah knew when to go before the king. He understood timing. He he knew when to speak to the king. So he began to pray, and he waited on the Lord. Nobody knows why he waited. Maybe he was waiting for a deeper vision. Maybe he was waiting for more prayer to, to be prayed. Maybe he was trying to figure out how he was going to be prepared with a plan. Maybe he knew how the king's mental and emotional needs were. Maybe he was waiting for the season when he could move quickly. Or maybe he was trying to develop that relationship with him and the king for that trust to deepen. Whatever it was, it was about timing. It was about the right timing. And if you're going to be Influential in what you do It's got to be in the timing of the Lord It's got to be in the timing of God So we're going to go into a time of Worship briefly And get back into this But what I see here with Nehemiah Is he knew how to gather the gatherers He knew how to feed and lead the leaders and you see, I know there's many of you that have radio talk shows, ministries. You're building your part of the wall in your city, in your state, in your country, all around the, the nation, all around the world. Wherever you're at, you're doing your part. And see, just like Nehemiah was calling the people to prayer and calling the people with a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other, we're putting a decree out to the cities and out to the states and out to the nations, out to the corners of the earth, that it's time to raise up the standard of God. It's time to raise up the standard, raise up the walls, raise up the watchmen on the wall. It's time to go forward in the things of God and not draw back in this season. Praise God. Ed, this is Prayer International Radio. www.prayerinternational.org. Email is prayerinternational at gmail.com. Give us a call at 619-638-8458. Praise it one day when sin 
black as could be. Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men. My example is He. The Word became flesh, and the light shined among us. His glory revealed, living He loved.
Uh, so just a little sidebar. You know, when Nehemiah first started to put out the call to the governors and to the people to take this place, they're going to go forward and build the wall. You know, his biggest enemy that came against him was Sandballot. And if you study the name Sandballot, which is like the moon god, I believe, uh, something along those lines, as like a Babylonian moon god, uh, it means sin. One of the words for sin god is sin. And that was his biggest enemy. And let me say, when you begin to go forward in the things of God, your personal constraints, your personal issues, the things in your personal life, will sometimes become the biggest will sometimes become the biggest enemy in your life. Sorry, I probably screaming in the phone. Sandalot was Nehemiah's greatest enemy. And Sandalot means sin. And in your walk, when God raises you up, watch for sin not to creep in and throw you off course. Hey, we're going to get back into 2 and 3. We're going to recap 1 and 2 and get into 3 tomorrow. This is Prayer International Radio. Sorry for lack of time, but we will be back tomorrow night. We pray that you guys have a blessed night. We're so thankful that you could be with us. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless everybody listening. Touch them in their spirit and their heart and their mind. In Jesus' name, amen.